Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording on Tuesday, the 28th of April, and this will be something of a mini cast, I think, slightly shorter than our usual uh, podcast standard. Uh, you know, there's just a few issues to cover today, which we'll do somewhat briefly. And I'm joined by Deputy Science Editor Jacob Koshi. Uh, the big issue actually was from the Health Ministry. The big update was that the Health Ministry has said that plasma therapy for COVID-19 is still at an experimental stage and really indicated that it can't really be counted on as a proper treatment at the moment. So we thought we'd take this opportunity also to just go over what plasma therapy is, uh, how it was first brought up, what progress on it has been thus far. And Jacob, uh, hi, thanks for joining us. Can you just give us an update? on uh, what what the health ministry said firstly and what's been the deal with plasma therapy so far so the health ministry uh, very strongly today said that you know all uh, plasma therapy that is uh, being uh, uh, tested out in certain private as well as public clinics in government funded clinics in across the country in different states they've said very strongly that these are not legalist legalized trials uh, sorry, legalized therapies, and we know it is it could positively be harmful for patients, you know, uh, if they're clamoring for plasma therapy. Now, the thing is, uh, plasma therapy basically involves taking out the plasma, which is a kind of a res- residual matter of blood, but it contains antibodies, and uh, injecting it into patients. And, you know, the hope is that the antibodies uh, might, uh, you know, which are, which are extracted from Patients who have already been exposed to the virus and, you know, who have uh, Im- recovered, probably having, uh, in giving those antibodies, putting them into other patients might actually speed up uh, recovery or improve recovery. So this is the basic idea and using plasma in general for, antibo- uh, for antibodies is very, very old science. I mean, the WHO recommends that uh, uh, and, you know, it has also been tested out for SARS, for Ebola, you know, in previous years. However, in the in the case of uh, SARS-CoV in uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus, the ICMR has just recently commissioned a proper randomized trial, and you know where it will compare the efficacy of this in patients who have the, uh, been administered the plasma vis-a-vis patients who have been who will be given a placebo, and the, the the whole proper way of going about uh, determining the efficacy of plasma. But however, what has happened is that, you know, they made this announcement for quite uh, some time back. And uh, they've also, uh, and so many, they've requested the participation of hospitals across across India. Now, it, there were some tests in Delhi and in Max Hospital in uh, a few days back claimed that, you know, they had administered some plasma to a patient in Delhi and, you know, that person has recovered. And they went out, uh, they made a major press statement out of it. That probably did not go well with uh, the health authorities because you know it was just a one-off uh, administration and it was there was no evidence you know from a purely scientific sense that you know this actually can work as a cure in you know in the majority of patients. That is, it was probably to clarify this point that the health ministry uh, actually came out and made a statement against it, saying that it is not an approved treatment for COVID nineteen. But they're fine with, you know, hospitals 
saying that it's part of a trial and this trial, as long as the trial is registered with the ICMR clinic, uh, the, sorry, the government the clinical registry, they're fine with it. But to offer it as a treatment is what the uh, health ministry really objects to. Yeah, aside from this, yeah, I did see that report about one patient in Delhi uh, having been, well, not cured, but it helped apparently. Yeah. And there was also a pilot project of some sort that Kerala was running. You know, this is side by side along with their participation in the solidarity trials. Yes. The WHO. Correct. So it was also, I mean, there was Kerala, there is also Karnataka, uh, you know, which were all, uh, you know, interested in, uh, you know, in suing these uh, trials. But again, we don't know. I, I mean, it, it's all very early as usual. And uh, it's going to be, a, uh, there are about 425 people who will be part of this trial. Again, different different sections in different states. So uh, it is not, uh, you know, there, there is, there is right now the situation is such that everybody is so frightened and so fearful that, you know, even the, a modicum of, uh, of a hopeful treatment is seen as, uh, you know, is seen as very exciting. And we've seen that in the matter of, HCQ and the global grace for it that we, yeah. as we have discussed so often over here. So plasma is in that uh, league, so to say, but you know it's still at an experimental trial stage, and in the, I, the, the 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 government is right; it is too early to kind of you know endorse it as a cure and therapy. But people can always register for it, and as the the Tablighi Jamaat was vilified, you know, for a long time as being a cluster that has uh, spread. What we have also seen is that, you know, many uh, Delhi has seen instances of people uh, actually lining up to offer, uh, you know, uh, many Muslims who have recovered from the infection were actually lining up to offer their plasma, you know, donate the plasma. And the and governments actually solicit, uh, you know, send out requests saying, uh, please do consider donation, etc. Because it's also approved in the world over, the WHO, the, F, the FDA, the US FDA as a kind of experimental uh, therapy so to say that was a good update on that uh, thank you and uh, jacob i think sorry yesterday we didn't really get to the numbers uh, we had some technical sure. difficulties yeah. of course but why don't we uh, why don't we just cover that today what's sure. um, what's been the progression like past couple of days so again it's the 1400 yesterday was about 1400 today we have 15 1594 cases and 51 deaths which is nine less than the 60 deaths reported yesterday so this is all in the last 24 hours and the health ministry says that we now have the total number of cases has gone to 29,974. This includes 22,000 active cases and 7,000 have been discharged, so to say. So last 14 days, our doubling rate is again 8.7 and that is not happy news because we used to be at 10 and 12 a few days back and now we're again back to single digits, which is not uh, exactly favorable, which is not exactly a great situation considering that we are now less than a week away officially from May 3rd. So yeah. we really do not know uh, how this bodes in terms of uh, uh, lifting of restrictions and easing of, of the lockdown, etc. But uh, again, we, we, there is no real respite. It, it's again Gujarat and Maharashtra that are kind of leading the charge. And uh, it is uh, unless and until we see steady declines in these two states for some time, the pandemic, at least in India, is nowhere over. I mean, whatever India might say about it being better than, you know, many countries, it is at most, it's it's in a middling level compared to many other countries. And another way to say that there are already major improvements apparently taking place in Europe and in, 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 in the US in terms of, yeah. of course, they're at a magnitude higher than us. 
but uh, in terms of cases and deaths but we never know are we just going to go are we just behind behind their curve have we substantially managed to cut transmission that is still something not very evident so far given the fact that you know our cases are still rising at a steady clip every day and perhaps just to end with since we uh, we're having a rather slow day in terms of news one news item that we had uh, discussed amongst ourselves that we can just possibly touch on here mm-hmm. is uh, this l virus strain oh okay uh, yeah yeah and that that's something that we, we did read a news report that in gujarat there's a different kind of virus strain of covid-19 and that's why the mm. uh mortality rate is high it did sound a bit dubious in, in it's a way it sound yeah. like a way of you know the gujarat government trying to justify why their death rates are high yeah. but what exactly is this different strain theory so what's happening is you know again because uh, sars cov 2 is very unique in in the sense that you know uh, dna sequencing technologies become so cheap and so ubiquitous across the world that you know the moment uh, the 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 virus was uh, you know was sequenced you know it was available to all countries everywhere in terms of the genomic data and yeah. you know it it is now many countries are able to quickly analyze the the you know changes the variations in the strains that they have been able to isolate you know from their populations now the thing is uh, many groups have been have been running their own kind of uh, studies and analysis to figure out you know what is the the unique characteristics of for instance a strain that is uh, uh, available in india and a strain that has been uh, imported from italy or the one that has come from china etc there are lots of different variations but the point is are we seeing something something statistically significant now there is a categorization categorization that you know there are already mutations in the strain and there is an l strain and an s strain and the l strain is slightly more virulent but that is just basis one isolation in 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 andabad or gujarat in andabad and the thing is because the 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 virus has entered india from abroad from many different nationalities it is quite obvious that we would be seeing a lot of different kind of strains with their own little peculiarities it's like examining the whole variety of humans i mean there could be there's so much yeah. variety in all of us all 7 billion of us but we all managed to be in the same species same way you know there could be a lot of changes within the virus itself but what re- is really of interest in terms of creating drugs or vaccine is to find out regions in the virus that are not uh, that are conserved that is the parts that are not really undergoing much mutations and it is those parts which are considered central for any virus to survive and any drug targets or vaccine candidates are uh, poised towards mostly drug targets are actually poised towards trying to attack those regions so an l strain or an s strain we really do not know what you know what aspects are really important from a clinical perspective what's known about the virus's infectiousness is that you know it is able to uh, cling on better to the epithelial cells of the lung because of the ac2 en- en- enzyme and protein that is uh, right. present on the lung now whether does one particular strain have a better chance and what is it what exactly is the thing that may, uh, in a particular strain that helps it uh, you know cling on better is nobody knows that yet because this is the kind of stuff which will you know which is of academic interest right now and people are exploring this question but just mere changes in how one looks against the other is too premature to uh, say that you know why one state might be was affected than the other because right now it's containing the rates of the virus is got to do mostly with 
testing and detecting the infection early on and trying to um, isolate and prevent each as many people from being uh, spreaders. Jacob, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for sure. thanks for joining me on this uh, short episode. We'll uh, reconvene tomorrow.